unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. Gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 131 of the Out of Order podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri, and I am joined by the 10th ranked 222 ITC season player, local heartthrob, perennial mispronounced name, miscalled name. I call him Tony. He threatens to break my limbs. He does not. He restrains himself, and I'm very grateful for it. He's well tattooed, on his way to getting tattooed for many other bets, for many other reasons. You may know him as Anthony. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir, for that very powerful introduction. <laughs> oh, it was an introduction, all right. I don't know about any of the other caveats. Uh, what are we here to do, brother? Because this is a very exciting uh, oh, day. We're here to talk about my favorite, the the true best Legion, right? The ones that yeah. should have been the poster boys. Uh, and, uh, and in true Tony V fashion, I actually had a couple of people lined up who I may have asked to come on the show to do this review. And before any of that happened, Tony just like forced his way to the front with threats and glares. And he's just like, shut up. This is mine. Yeah. Adam, I'm doing this one. <laughs> I do appreciate that. It takes some work out of my hands. Yes. hundred uh, percent. So this is our, this is our, essentially the first episode I'm recording post uprising, post LVO. I'm sitting in a hotel in vancouver i please forgive me if the audio isn't as amazing as usual even though my audio i don't think is as top shelf as it could be i do have a specific set of tech that i use because i travel so much and because of that it's not it's not a perfect studio setup um so please forgive me for that i'm also a bit under the weather so my voice may get croaky and i'll be trying to mute myself for any and all coughing sneezing blowing of nose etc how are you feeling post lvo mate you in a slump you want a buzz uh i mean uh, world leaders got released today so i'm, I'm <laughs> I it was great seeing everybody at LVO. So in general, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, honestly, the best thing about LVO is that we can move into WTC prep mode now, like for realsies. And that's you know, you know, you know my feelings on this. That's where the heart is. is it, but is it for realsies? Because we because we know we're playing tenth edition. It's almost it's almost the team can prep, but you can't press yeah. prep armies, lists, factions. It's, I need. Uh, it's awkward. As Team America, right? Like what we're looking to prep going into this year is our our team's readiness, right? Like we yeah. have, we're gonna have great players as the U.S. team, right? Crazy. That's not even a yeah, yeah, yeah. not even a question for a second. Our team's gonna be real good at the game, but you know how good are we at being a WTC team? And you know I think this year we're gonna be the best one there. So, so we'll show lot, off. Lots of trust falls, lots of um, you know tea parties in the park, bonding experience. Yeah. Maybe doing some yoga together. I can see it all. I can see it all now. Vividly. Yeah, we have to do Navy SEAL like boat carrying <laughs> exercises, you know. Oh, oh obviously you don't know you. <laughs> Man, if you could get your team to do that stuff, my god, would that be the funniest like mockumentary I montage? Could get them to do something like that. <laughs> like oh good god. Just <laughs> the expressions on like John's face as he like yeah. watches as he views like people struggling to do basic physical tasks, yourself included, would be hilarious. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be hilarious. <laughs> it'd be awesome. Very exciting. Maybe I'll figure uh, it out. Anyway, uh, we're going to be reviewing everything that is in the code, everything that's pertinent in the Codex for World Eaters. It's, uh, I'm going to preface this right now. It's not a lot. It is six pages and then some data sheets that Anthony is going to pick out of the ones that he likes the most. Uh, this isn't good. It's not the extensive full like Codex review that you will be used. Essentially, this is a, I'm barely going to call this a supplement. Barely going to call this a supplement. Considering like what uh, the T-Suns Codex was, what the, 
um, Death Guard Codex Wars, etc., etc., Dark Angels, things that are like other equivalents of this ilk. This is very slim. But you're not unhappy about that, are you? I am thrilled to have a codex that's just like, here's good data sheets, here's good stratagems, here's a good mono mechanic, mm-hmm. execute mm-hmm. it well, and it'll reward you immensely. So, and that's been my experience with the book so far. Lean, mean, tuned, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, um, yeah. Like to all hear the that, good ones. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, I mean, because, well, if they dropped, if everybody gets like four pages of stratagems or whatever the crap, two pages, three pages. If you slimmed down to the ones people actually use in-game, it's like three, it's like four. <laughs> that people yeah. actually use. So I am not unhappy to see a bunch go, as long as the ones that we can still have are relevant. For those who do not know, Art of War Down Under is a two-part podcast. First part comes out for you guys Tuesday mornings, lovingly curated by uh, Seamus Ronan, who does the editing. Thank you very much, Seamus. And part two now is only available exclusively to patrons over on the Art of War Down Under over on Patreon. So please join me there. Anthony, this is the part where you plug your things. Oh, oh my God, I have so many things. I am a coach for Art of War. I am a member of the Stat Check team. I am. We do a show every Tuesday. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash stat check, I believe, or stat check 40k. I should probably have that memorized, but I certainly don't. <laughs> uh, if you look on Patreon for Stat Check, you'll find us. We are the Mechanicus logo of an S and a C. Um, so yeah, check us out on YouTube. Give us a like, follow. Uh, less, definitely less tied to the amount of people on the Patreon. Much happier to have our message spread far and wide. So a like and a subscribe goes a long way towards making that happen. Um, yeah, that's most of the stuff I'm involved in. Obviously, I'm a member of Team USA. Uh, you can buy objective markers from 3D6 Wargaming, I believe, that help us get to Europe. And that's it right now. <laughs> that's all my stuff. Love it. Quite a few stuffs, an inordinate amount of stuffs, considering where you were about this time last year and the amount of stuffs that you did do. So yeah. you have especially you have, two years ago at this time, oh, right? Yeah, I was just actually nobody. <laughs> You've come a long way in a short amount of time. All right, for those joining us along at home, we're starting this review on page 44 of this codex. This is the army rules. And as far as I can see, it's all pretty damn standard. Is there anything here we need to talk about? Uh, There's nothing too crazy. It's worth noting that it specifically calls out that the World Eaters forces use the rules on page 46 and 47, and the Army of Renown uses the rules on 48 and 49. Normally, an Army of Renown gets access to the stratagems of the you know the the army that it's based on yeah, that is it. not the case here <laughs> they so yeah usually it's they're the steak knives you get all this oh wait there's more so yeah so wait a second so you're saying these are all exclusive essentially these are two different documents yes exactly they're basically separate codexes that use some similar rules that is a really interesting way of doing that do you think that's heralding something in the future or like is this just exclusively because these are so two different ways of playing the same army I'm not too sure, honestly. Uh, it's hard to say what, you know, to divine the tea leaves of GW's intentions here. It's definitely a way to do it. I do think that it ends up ultimately, and we'll get to this a bit later too, restricting the power of the Disciples of the Red Angel too much for that to see proper competitive yep. use. I think without that restriction, you have a lot more options and a lot more willingness to see that see play. But okay. I think that on the outlay right now, I think that's a suboptimal way of doing it. But we'll see. We've seen armies of renown get out of hand, right? Like some of them have like legitimately really have. got like a little yeah. crazy. I think this but probably swings the pendulum a bit much in the other direction. Okay. But we've also seen armies of renown be the only way to play an army that has had the ass fall out of it power wise. I'm, t- I'm speaking 
you Crusher know, Stampede, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. The greatest army of renown of all time will not will not be a comparison, I believe, in our in our lifetimes. No, hopefully, for, for sure. <laughs> hopefully, that's it. But I was actually talking about like the Skatari veteran cohort, which is the only viable way to play Skatari. Essentially, four months after, six months after their book was released, yep. for like the last twelve months, that was the only way to play it. The only way it could be played that was remotely viable. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. But it has gone both ways in a couple of instances. But I'm sure. Us, the community, would much rather the latter than the former. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to know? quote my uh, quote my stat check compatriot in us, if you can't be broken, you get to be bad. Or if you can't be balanced, you get to be bad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have the Blood Tithe. Now, this is the army's monofaction bonus. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It is the most elegant of the monofaction bonuses, if I may be so bold. Tell us how it works. So the way that Blood Tithe works is that every time a unit dies, mine or my opponent's, you get there is a blood tithe point added essentially to the pool. Um, these points accrue, and then you can spend them once per phase uh, at the end of each phase. So you can only buy one. You can only buy each blood tithe once. Balances that they give apply army wide, much like power from pain did for Drukari. Yep, and permanently. They don't. They don't degrade. They don't have any T's and C's saying end of phase, end of turn. Nope. They're just rest of the game. All of them apply until the end wow. of the game. Wow. All right. So and they are gained each time a unit is destroyed, and then the each end of each phase, each time a character, monster, or vehicle is destroyed, you get another one on top of the one you automatically get. And then at the end of each phase, if any Titanics units were destroyed, you gain an additional. So now, characters, monsters, vehicles are worth two. Titanics worth three. Sorta. So the way this works is that let's say in a phase, I had two infantry units die and a character. Yep. Right. So I would gain three yep. blood tithe points for dead units. And then I would gain one additional at the end of that phase for a character. Okay. I, you don't get two per instance of character, vehicle, or monster based on my reading of this. It's just at the yeah. end of a phase, if any of these are fulfilled, you check a box and you get an additional blood tithe point. So that is interesting. So you're you're um, just like things like Oath of Moments, secondary-wise, you're incentivized to pace out the killings. Not quite front front load, back load, things like vehicles, monsters, characters being killed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You get, there's some level of benefit for them not all dying basically at the same time. Same time. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's not that world easy, but you're right. You're right in saying this is very similar to Power from Pain, except they just get that bonus. You get a kind of pick your adventure version of that. Rule. Exactly. And being able to decide based on the matchup which, like, step of this you'd like is extremely strong. All right. First up, we have Spiteful Nullification. This is two BTPs or blood tithe points. I'm going to be saying BTP yep. uh, for the rest of this. Uh, spiteful nullification to the end of the battle. Each time a world eaters model from your army would lose a wound as a result of a mortal wound, roll 1d6 on a 5 plus, that wound is not lost. There are quite a few matchups where that is. I mean, are you playing Grey Knights? Sick. Slap it down. You're going yep. to be happy. Congrats. You just ruined their turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just ruined, you know, a third of their damage output. Yep. Uh, quite, then, quite, quite cool. Uh, normally, as well, like so thousand sons as an example really struggle with melee rush armies they yes. really really struggle with melee rush armies that ignore a third of their damage exactly right they can't smite themselves out of out of combats they can't you know do all that other crazy stuff as well what's the next one so the next one up is warp blades it is four btp it increases the whenever a world leaders unit from your army makes a melee attack improve the armor penetration by one 
Okay, army-wide for the rest of the game. Yep. What? So the, Amazing. This one I've used zero times because the AP of the army already is so high that you almost never need this. So what is the median AP? Is it like what, AP 2, AP 3? So the lowest AP of anything you'll use is 2. The vast majority is 3, and a significant portion yeah. of it is 4. At AP 3 without Armor of Contempt, you're good. You're good. And, and we in, did it. And in the... And in, yeah, in the rare t- in the rare games, they have like two ups and don't have a four up or a five up involved. Sure, yeah, press it. Go <laughs> sure. ahead. It's only four. Go for four it. is quite it's, cheap. Well, that's, that's I'm about to ask you at the end here. How attainable are these things? All right. Yeah. Next up is rage fueled invigoration for three BTP until the end of the battle. Add one to charge rolls made for world eater units from your army. Sick. Okay. Generically amazing sure. for a mono phase sure. melee army. <laughs> <laughs> sure. This is fine. Um, what's next? Next up is martial excellence, which is five BTP. Until the end of the battle, each time a world leader's model from your army makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of six scores an additional hit. Sick. Exploding sixes, I mean, baby. Oh, big fan of that. I mean, sorry, one thing I, I forgot to ask. I know they have malicious volleys and all that stuff. Do they have, um, uh, was it Destroy of Empires? Like the, Let the galaxy in the burn. shoot, the, get the galaxy burn? Do they have that? They do not. This is okay, their cool. mono mechanic. This, yeah, exactly right. I thought they wouldn't get this one on top. But when as soon as I read that, I was like, wait, there's uh, Space Marines, regular Curse Space Marines have a thingy thing. Yes. Um, is this any good? It is five? extremely good. Yeah. So there's a, a non insignificant number of weapon skill two models in this army. So the ability to take something like exploding sixes on those boys gets them to 100% hit rate, even if they can't reroll yep. their hit roll, which is obviously yep. very good. And then as soon as you add in reroll to hit, hitting on twos, exploding sixes, rerolling, oh, yeah, fish can, all the sixes. Yeah, it can get very out of hand pop. very fast. Yeah, pop right off. Um, next one is Wrathful Devotion for BTP to the end of the battle. Each time a world eaters model from your army would lose a wound, roll a d6. On a six, it is not lost. Army-wide, six up, feel no pain for four. Tell me, that's not, that's my favorite so far. It's amazing. It's incredible. That's incredible. Anytime yeah. you can, so again, we'll get to this later, but there's a significant portion of your army will be three wound models. Having a six mm-hmm. up, feel no pain on three wound models against three damage weapons gives you like a, yeah, it gives you like a 40% chance of being like, nope, two saves to kill this guy. Thanks. Yep. Yep. It's a, that pseudo fourth wound. Yep. Uh, it's really, really powerful. What's next? So next up we have do, 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 is oh my thing is not loading. Work with me. There we go. Total carnage for six BTP. This is until the end of the battle. Each time a melee attack is made by a world leader's model from your army, an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target. Sick. Insanely I mean, powerful. It's weird that that one is six and the exploding sixes is. Uh, no, it's also five. I say I thought that one was four, yeah. but no, that's not. It's slightly too bad. better, so it's slightly more expensive. Yeah, yeah, it is slightly better, so it is worth one more. If the other one was four and this was six, I'd be there. There's a discrepancy. Yeah, you would there. just take the exploding sixes every time. Exactly. But now this is really good. What's the? We've talked about the medium rend. What's the median strength? Uh, so it depends on the um attacker a little bit, but in general, things are in the strength six to ten band. Okay. <laughs> so you're not you're not too worried about strength already. So your yeah. wind roll isn't isn't horrific to begin with. So if, is this is this that good? Yes. So this is good because the army broadly will lack for wound rerolls. Um Okay. And what you're getting here is the ability. So there is a lot of strength seven in the army. Not a lot of things actually make it to ten. Um but what you're gaining from this is that you are able to get past things like T7, T8, transhuman, think all of those things, right? Like the usual things that are very annoying to deal with, you can kind of just like hop, skip, and leap over. Yep. 
You just don't, don't even... No, we're not going to do that today. Yeah. Never heard of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do have to leave the last one for you also. Take it away. Of course. So this is Reborn in Blood. This is six Blood Tithe points. And this lets you take an Angon model that was destroyed and put it into Warp Strike, which is essentially Deep Strike. Yes, he has eight runes remaining and no longer to, considered to be destroyed. Um, so, you know, if you've, they've taken Assassinate, they unget their Assassinate points. Yes. Um, <laughs> and does that mean that they also don't get any Bring It Down points? Yeah, anything that would tie to him being destroyed. Though Bring It Down and Assassinate are mutually exclusive, but yes, like yep. either way, they would not get those points. So, and get, forget me if I'm wrong, but if Angron dies, he gives you three Blood Titan. He gives you two. One for dying, one for being a character. Oh, he's not Titanic. He's not Titanic. Okay, good to know. So he gets it, but he gets you a third of the way there by himself when he dies. Correct. Yep. That's not awful. Uh, I don't know how viable he is being a big shootable monster with toughness seven, but being able to bring him back is a hell of a meme. Yeah. No, it's a big drug. Uh, because, big truck. because of some other issues in the book, I think Angron will largely not see play in the most competitive lists, but this specific thing takes him from being like a complete literal meme to being playable sometimes. I agree. I think if you want to take him, this makes this makes him have some replayability, have some viability, have some something that makes him not feel like a joke. This also makes him like potentially very obnoxious and like even slightly casual games. Well well here's the thing, yeah. If I put him on the table and you kill him turn one, it goes into reserve, comes back turn two, technically you've helped. Yeah, thumbs up. Good job. Yeah, because now he's closer. (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) He's nine inches away now, rather than, yeah, whatever inches he could have been before if you were playing keep away. So there is some actual upsides to this, which is insane. Yeah. Um, it, to, to like, you can just be like, hey, man, here's an Angron. Please kill it. Yeah, go for it. Be my guest. <laughs> go for it. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. My Angron dying. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, on the whole, how do you feel about the blood type? It seems it's a, a very good mechanic. Yeah, it's an extremely well done mechanic that is very powerful. So no complaints from me. Okay. Now we need to talk about. We need to talk about the, the old days, the antiquity of 40k Uh-oh. and 7th edition, mm-hmm. when one of the coolest and greatest codexes that they'd ever made was brought to fruition, which was the Corn Demonkin, okay. who had exactly the same mechanic in the Blood Tithe points. Ah, that makes sense. It was exactly the same. And it... it and it, it very much was the first time they had built in essentially what has turned into being this ubiquitous everyone gets a resource mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like before CP, before any of that stuff, before Miracle Dice, before Fate Dice, before Laughing God Dice, there were Blood Tithe points, and they were the first of their kind. And I believe this they were the primogenitor for the entire modern internal resource mechanic that everyone seems to have had slapped on their lunchbox now. I mean, everybody seemed to have really like whenever I hear people talk about the the old days, right back then when this was a thing, everyone seems to have loved it, right? Big big fans of the uh, the Corn Demonkin book. So it, it only sounds like a good thing to me. <laughs> It was it was the best mechanic of seventh edition and one of, and still one of the best mechanics ever in the game and I, I'm just so freaking happy they've brought it back so yeah. well done G Dub you didn't forget there are some omissions from this list okay. so of the blood tides this isn't as extensive as I thought it would be and there are some things missing one of the ones that you're missing there is zero percent ways to get rerolls I would have thought there would be a real wants to wound mechanic a real wants to hit mechanic a uh, cover in the open a minus one to hit there is only there is only the five plus against mortals and the six up um, feel no pains for anything defensive here. That's correct, yeah. Yep. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's anything missing here, or they they missed the mark, or I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Yeah, I think they did broadly a good job of like giving you the buffs that you need. I think more than this, it starts to get like real crusher real quick. 
<laughs> That's fair. So I'm broadly pretty happy with this. That's fair. I, the only one I would have liked to have seen, apart from AA rerolls one, you know, it would have been cool to have the Lieutenant Aura, like you said, if, if that's something that's lacking in the book, you know, right. Real wants to wound. Mm-hmm. Make, make it five, make it six, if it's going to be army-wide all game, for sure. Um, but the other one would have been a better advance roll, I would have liked to have seen. That's fair. Like, yeah, uh, D3 plus three advances, or advances with, that are plus two, or something like that. Yep. Um, something to make speed more go better. <laughs> yeah, me go faster more often. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And make it like make it three, make it two, make it a medium, uh, a medium um, priced one. Right. But anyway, on the whole, amazing mechanic. I think we've agreed. Yeah, they did again. They did a stellar job of this. Like, there's no, there's no world I am unhappy with how this went. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a single page denoting the world eaters' legion trait, their three relics, and their three warlord traits. And that's all you get. That's all she wrote, baby. And then we've got one page of well, how many stratagems? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Of eight strats. And that that's what you get. Unless you play in the army of renown, that's all you get for being world eaters. That's right. Let's jump in. Tell us about the Legion trait. Alright, so the Legion trait is called Relentless Rage. It is at the start of the fight phase, if this unit made a charge move, was charged, or performed a heroic intervention this turn, till the end of the phase, add plus one strength and attacks to the characteristics of models in this unit. That That's is very good. real good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very is powerful. That, is that, more attacks, more strength, more hit. Good things. Is it pushing Is it pushing many breakpoints? You said this is going to bring people, a lot of people to strength 6? It'll Yeah, it takes a significant portion to strength 6. It takes a lot of the rest to strength 7. Obviously, both very good places to be. Um, yep. Yeah, it kind of rounds you off. It, you know, obviously, an extra attack per model is awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, between the two of them, it looks like the book was very much so designed around this, right? It's not like these yeah. data sheets are generically like this, and then they get a little bit extra out of the boost. It just looks like it was like, yeah, this was, you know, Zerkers are designed to be a strength six unit, right? So they're strength yeah. five on their data sheet, their weapon doesn't give them any, and then this, you know, kind of gets them over the bridge. Agreed. All right, I'm going to do all three of the relics, and we'll have a chat. First up is Helm of Brazen Ire. Each time an attack is made against the bear, subtract one from the attack's wound roll. Minus one to wound relic. It's not bad. Yep. But it is a pity you don't have something like a Disco Lord to put it on, because it would have been sick. Would have been awesome. Uh, you, do have a, you do have a Demon Prince there, right? That's you do. Be, There's a Demon Prince there. Yeah, yeah. Or the, um, the Lord on Jugger, so that's also an option. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Berserker Glaive replaces an Exalted Chainblade or an Axe of Dismemberment. It is merely strength plus two, minus three, two damage. Each time an attack is made with this weapon and a modified hit roll of six scores two additional, so double exploding. I'm not not sure you need more better Amelia uh, with this. I'm pretty sure you're good enough as is uh, most of the time. But anyway, last one is Talisman of Rage. In your command phase, you can select one World Eater's core unit within nine of the bearer. Till the start of your next command phase, each time melee attack is made by a model in that unit, and a modified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target. So that's you getting the Blood Tithe thingy for free with a re- with a relic. With, right? a, with a relic, yeah, and it has yeah. to be you know it has to go on core. It's obviously not army wide. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. It's not terrible. I just don't think it's worth it relative to what command points can do in this army, especially the non-disciples version of this army. I don't think any of those relics are worth a CP. <laughs> I don't think at all. Yep. <laughs> unless unless we go back to Nachmund in, in the Nephilim-esque, which is, or Arx of Omen is also Nephilim-esque, we have much reduced CP ability. I, I wouldn't buy any of these, especially knowing that Blood Tithe get me what the CP gets me. So the Talisman gets me anyway. Also, what's this... G-Dub with 9-inch auras, 9-inch distances. It should be 8. Thank you very much, sir. Please yeah, please fix that immediately. Can't believe they did this. Errata, FAQ, don't care. That's an 8-inch. Uh, if anybody plays it as 9, I'm going to slap him. 
there's so many things in this book where they're like just at seven or just at nine oh, and oh, not could have just been eight that drives me nuts that's infuriating that yeah. is a, that is annoying anyway that's the point the though maybe it's supposed to make you mad <laughs> so you make your charges better that's, that's right that works. yeah you're infuriated yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> over in warlord trait land uh really interesting this thing this book does is these are not actually all the warlord traits uh a bunch of the special characters have like unique bespoke warlord traits that oh, just okay. aren't listed here they're on uh, the data sheets they are on the data sheets yep there you go that could be a sign I, i'd be happy if that's a sign of the future that's if, fine. i mean sure that'll do i've been more mad about different things like that you know that seems pretty yeah, good that's fine um the warlord traits are favorite of corn which is in your command phase as long as the warlord's on the battlefield gain a blood tithe point very good yeah true berserker each time a melee attack is allocated to this warlord have the damage characteristic rounding up and then there is battle lust which gives your warlord the ability to perform a six inch heroic and gives him always strikes first never heard of it yeah that one's real bad <laughs> um <laughs> the first two you could make a case for but only i mean true berserker not really but the fact that you could have a half damage minus one to wound because yeah, you can take fun. the relic in the wardrobe that's cool you yeah. i don't think you'll do it though favor to corn is good yeah yeah legitimately powerful uh blood tithe points are amazing having five probably four extra over the game is good it, i think it's i think that's really good that's the only one i'd consider yeah world leader's character is b dying so like i don't know that we're gonna get five blood type points out of this that's but that's true but you know three is pretty good yeah well the, the question is there is is a cp worth two be worth two to three blood type points on average yeah uh i don't think so but interesting my yeah. adam my world leaders list starts on five cp i take one more alert trade and that's it so it's not and it's not that one <laughs> and it's not that one there you go oh, it's interesting um overall uh very meh yeah the, <laughs> the legion the, on this page the legion trait gets a tick everything else is situational at best yeah just turn your head like read relentless rage and then just flip the page over you know just turn your head to the right and move to the stratagems where but you get you to be excited nah. again genuinely you should not feel bad about taking favor to corn if you take favor to corn perfectly acceptable i think yeah definitely would be if they were able to take more than one warlord trait wait what adam they can only take one warlord trait they don't have any strats to take more than one they don't have any what the fuck adam no there's what you get one dear lord okay so it wasn't a meme it wasn't a joke it is possibly the future um okay unless you're guard of course everyone's got to bow down to the, the special and snowflakes then, and then you get a warlord trait and you get a warlord yeah, everybody gets a warlord trait your sergeant gets a warlord trait Woo! <laughs> uh nuts all right uh strats first up is red butchers 2cp you just strategy in the fight phase when a world eaters terminator or eight bound unit from your army is selected to fight until the end of the phase each time model in that unit makes an attack add one to the damage characteristic of the attack 2cp plus one damage thank you very much sir put that into your front pocket whip it out at every opportunity it is uh insane I read this and laughed about how crazy that is. Uh, Holy moly. So a Terminator has how many possible attacks? Ah, forget the Terminators, Adam. (laughs) Eight pound. It says it right there. I was going to work up to it, but we jumped the the ship. Okay, how many attacks does an eight pound have? Adam, you're a corn. The nails bite, bro. We don't have time for these Terminators. We got these eight pound right in front of us. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to do a comparison. I had a whole thing set up. Anyway. Is it do the eight bound can they can they get eight attacks at least, please? Of course they can't. They Good get lads. seven. <laughs> Good lads. Wait, so they can't get to eight? Or is it no, eight they, the they cannot. It's seven total, like with oh. all the things. It's so frustrating. Oh my god. You wanna guess their strength? <laughs> seven? Yep. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 
Why, G-Dub? Why? why? Always, see, strength 7-7 seven, seven attacks kills everything anyway, so why not make it 8? Yeah, <laughs> like, come on. At this point, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, that is infuriating, but this is a very good strat. It, it's an insane strat. It's so strong. Um, this strat alone actually makes me evaluate which weapon we'll take on the 8-bound sergeant, and we'll kind of get to that later, but it actually does a really good job of making that an interesting choice. Okay. Uh, what's next? Next up is Gory Dismemberment. Use this stratagem in the fight phase when a World Eater's core or character unit from your army is selected to fight. Until the end of the phase... Oh, you can use this on characters. Didn't know that. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, an unmodified wound roll of 6 inflicts a mortal wound on the target in addition to any other damage. A maximum of 6 mortal wounds can be inflicted each time the stratagem is used. Okay. Yeah, they got the okay. wording right. They they learned a lesson here yeah. with the Kasekin and various others. Um. So, max of six. I can't do six to two different targets, or three and four, or whatever. But, max um, of six. Still a very good strat, right? Extremely powerful. Very good at getting units that are likely to kill things, but need just a little bit extra to get over the line against like a transhuman or an invuln, or so on and so forth. But as you noted, very little rerolls on the wound roll, yeah? Yes. So this is, you're definitely not looking at this like the way uh, Admech look at Wrath of Mars or something yeah. like that. You're not like, this is six mortal wounds. You're like, this is... Three to four mortal wounds if I have yeah. attacks, and we're kind of, you know, it's it's a bit extra. It's not like, we're just doing six. This, the six cap here is basically to prevent a high roll, not because this is going to do a billion mortals. Yeah, yeah it's, it was never going to do nine, twelve, whatever. Um, yeah, unless you run ten man Zerker units and get insane, but that's wildly <laughs> unnecessary, so. And, yeah, and they all make it with every buff. And, yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Um, but no, still a great strat for 1 CP. All right, awesome. next up. Yep, big fan. Skulls for the Skull Throne, 1 slash 2 CP. Use a stratagem when an enemy wallet is destroyed by a melee attack made by a world is character model from your army. Select one or both of the following. You gain two additional blood tithe points on top of the two you would already get for a, char- for a unit and a character. Yep. Um, until the end of the battle, add one to advance and charge rolls made for that World Eater's character model. If you select one of the options above, it's it's 1 CP, otherwise it is 2 CP. So for 2 CP, you get both 1 CP. Pick whichever one makes more sense to you. How do you feel about it? All right, look. You're never using the plus one to advance and charge. That's not a thing that's happening. No. By the time you've killed their warlord with one of your characters, like... We're just here to pick up some extra tithe points. Are you, you're, yeah, are you not in their lines? Are you not mixing it up in their army? Like, yeah, are you I not don't inside, know. inside them? Yeah, it literally has to be a melee attack as well. It's not like you can, like, randomly bolt pistol a character. Their warlord didn't get it. Like, you're in, yeah. you're way in there. So, yeah, there's a... Just spend one on this. Get your two extra tithe points. If you can line up the scenario where this happens, hell yeah. Um, yeah. We have lots of command points, and we really want more blood tithe points. So if this lines up in a scenario where you can use this, sweet, great. So, I've caught you in my trap. Oh no, he's got okay. me. <laughs> Remember that warlord trait we said before that you said pro- that one CP probably wasn't worth two to three blood tithe points? Why is, oh, this, I... one C- why is this one CP worth two blood tithe points here? Because this blood tithe, this one CP for two blood tithe points does not lock you out of taking the best warlord trait in the book because you only get one. <laughs> Fair enough. And there we go. It wasn't wasn't quite the the trap I thought, but it was funny. Um, what's next? All right. Up next is scorn of sorcery. Use the stratagem in your opponent's psychic phase after a psychic test is passed for an if any. If the psyker is within twenty four inches of any world leader's units, roll a d six on a four up. The psychic power is denied. It is what it is. It's been reworded, Very of course, good. like like all Generically the others. strong. Yep. Yep. It, it's fine. Yeah, like I said, it's been reworded to be after any denies now, so you can, you know, rock up a deny and see if it fails and then slap this down if you need to. I hate this. I still hate this strat. 
Because I, I, mean, played, I played this so much as a Black Templars player, and I think I have, like, maybe a 20% strike rate on the 4+. plus. I mean, yeah, I use this with Abaddon a lot and Emperor's Children, or just kind of in general when I'm playing CSM, and I swear it fails. Like, it just is a fail. It's just a fail. I would much yeah. rather spend 2 CP and just deny the thing than, oh, four C- I would than 1 not, CP yeah, for like, a 4+. Plus. Yeah, non-comparably, I would prefer no. that. It's so frustrating to spend. I and I've, I've said this for for literal since the start of eighth edition. I hate spending a CP for a chance at something. It just is infuriating. Anyway, um, blood frenzy one slash two CP. Uh, use this strategy in the fight phase when an enemy unit is selected to fight. Select one world eaters core unit from your army that is within engagement range of that enemy unit. Until that enemy unit's attacks have been resolved, each time model and selected unit is destroyed by a melee attack. If its model has not fought this phase, do not remove it from play. The destroyed model can fight after the, all enemy unit's attacks have been resolved and is then removed from play. If it is a world eater's troops unit, it costs one, otherwise it costs two. Fight on death is a fantastic and very world eater's stratagem. Is this a bread and butter? This is a army-enabling stratagem in terms of like upper-level competitive play. Well, I think with... Yep. yep. Go ahead. There you go. I was about to ask you: Is there many fights first or fights last? Because this is what you need when you don't yeah. have either of those. Yeah. yeah. Literally none of either. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. Then yes. This very is necessary. extremely important and very powerful for this army. Fantastic. I agree. I think it's a phenomenal one. What's next? So next up, we have aggressive intervention, which is the other half of stratagems that will enable this book to do well. Uh, this is use the stratagem in the heroic intervention step of your opponent's charge phase and stop me if you know where this is going. Select one world eater's core unit from your army until the end of the phase. That unit is eligible to perform a heroic intervention as if it were a character and is eligible to perform a heroic intervention if it is within six inches horizontally and five inches vertically of any enemy units. When Dude. performing the heroic with that unit, you can move each model in that unit up to six. All other rules apply. So I don't know of many that get this for one CP. Usually it's two CP for the six interventions, isn't it? Uh, it's often they, one in armies that already can three. Can or, given, exactly. Yeah, yeah, given that world leaders don't base heroic, this is wildly strong. Uh, it's a, a six inch heroic intervention on what? Any core for one oh man for one cp yep. incredible like trying to get aggressive into this army when it can collapse on you and then fight on death is nuts we'll fight on death interrupt like we discussed we're starting yeah. with lots of cp so yeah. it's very easy for them to just be like yeah i'll burn five this turn no problem oh uh, this dude really really good that, that three pack the sorry uh, we'll, we'll do it at the end but there's a three pack here that are just so freaking potent yeah. uh, next up is smoke screen it's exactly the same in a shooting phase if you're, they're shooting at a smoke screen unit drop a cp minus one to hit yep. um and then i'll just do icon of wrath to finish it up one cp use a stratagem in your charge phase when a world eaters icon unit from your army is selected to charge to the end of the phase each time you make a charge roll for that unit roll one additional d6 and discard the lowest result so one cp roll three take the highest um if you have an icon in the unit which ones have the icon keyword so the icon keyword is the jackals and the Berserkers. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that last one. I'm, I like that they have something to make the charges better. But dear me, oh my. Uh, Red Butchers, Blood Frenzy, Aggressive Intervention. Slap those down. Allocate as many CP as possible. Because yep. those things will win you games. Yeah, they're all cornerstones of why the, I think this book will be good. I think there's a lot of room for a monophase army without fly to be like not good uh, yep. i think these stratagems take it from being like what i expect to be a fairly weak codex to in the hands of the exact 
exactly two people that will try to make it work for competitive play. A very good codex. <laughs> the, so it's interesting that I'm weird, a little weird on Gory Dismemberment, the one CP six mortal wounds one, because I, I'm admitting that in a lot of times it's going to be three, four mortal wounds. Yep. And then I'm not sure how often you're going to need them because you are a literally a merely behemoth of an army. It just depends on what you're fighting against, right? Against yeah. like one wound models, it's great to be like, these will guarantee X amount of kills. Like, basically, anytime you fight stuff with invulns or like vehicles where you're like, this could get squirrely, you just want to make sure that you have that little bit of extra damage. It's basically the way to read it is like one CP have literally anything that does more damage in melee. Because a lot of books that have, that are melee focused, like Blood Angels is an example. Once Blood Angels can they have zero ways to improve their damage. All of their things are about like getting there or defense or heroics and so on and so forth. This just gives you something that if you're like, I've connected, but I maybe don't have all of my unit left, I'd like to make sure that I'm gonna kill, you know, whatever like five Harlequin garbage is in front of me. Like this makes sure you get over that line. Yeah. I find it very amusing how like it can be perceived that GDUP has trimmed the fat on the unnecessary niche, possibly silly um stratagems and then they were just like ah leaving smoke screen <laughs> i mean smoke screen's pretty good like it works on rhinos it is it is really good it is finally good but as for like you know we're talking about trimming the fat and the niche yeah i don't very... know what they were thinking with that one and or honestly like, like ah. scrolls for the scroll throne in my opinion is way more egregious for that like that's so oh, for sure. specific for sure that is very true but yeah it, the smoke screen is ubiquitous i guess that utility so it isn't everybody else's it would be weird to not have it here i guess yeah. Um, lastly, I want to note that if you are just playing World Eaters, if you have no intentions of looking into or curious about this um, army of renowned, that's the review. That's if all your done, rules. That's yeah, the besides data sheets, get. that's all you get. Three warlord traits, three relics, most of them very meh, a trait that is good, um, and I guess three really good stratagems and a bunch of, and, and four or five other ones. Yep. Uh, that, that is the entirety. We could stop the review right there. I mean, we're not going to. Of besides course, data I, sheets. Data sheets are very I, important. I, of course. And I, I do note that they have a very relevant, very good blood tithe table. But let's crack on. Uh, Disciples of the Red Angel. I'm going to do the restrictions and benefits. So, if you are taking this army of renown, your army must include an Angron model, and that model must be a warlord. Your army can only include corn demon units and world uh, corn demon units and world eaters chaos land raider units. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then eight bound units in your army have the objective secured ability. All of a sudden, already, I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> I mean, that last bullet point's real dope. It is really good. Wait, sorry. Your army can only include corn demon units and world it is chaos land raider units. Wait, yep. wait, okay. Clara, what the hell? Clarify. No berserkers, no yes. jackals, no yes. terminators, no yes. master of execution. Uh, that's pretty much it. You get to use, uh, you take a, a very narrow book and you make it more narrow. And then you have to have Angron as your warlord. I'm so confused. Okay, so you have an army of Angron and like two data sheets. And then, some and then some demons if you want. Uh, two forms of eight bound. Notably that if you're doing this as an Arcs of Omen detachment, you can't put like Legiones Demonica units that are corn in that detachment. You still have to battle brother them in. Okay. Otherwise, this ceases to be a world leaders detachment. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, okay, yikes already. Yikes to bound. What's the Legion trait? The Legion trait is the same. It is at the start of the fight phase. If you charged, were charged, or heroic until the end of the phase, add plus one to strength and attacks of models in that unit. Well, okay, straight into the relics. These better be Bola. Oh, boy. Wait. <laughs> is, this a, is this a crowd goes mild moment? I have bad news, uh, Adam. <laughs> a pre prepare to be whelmed. Is, is the, yes. I'm, I'm throwing out all the, the Tony V one liners we know and love. Um, 
Burning Plate. Add one to the armor saving rolls made for the bearer and add one to the bearer's wound characteristic. Soul Burner. This relic places an Inferno Cannon has the following profile. Who the hell has an Inferno Cannon? Demon Princess. Okay. Never heard of it. Let's find out. Uh, it is range 12, assault 2d6, strength 7, minus 2, 1 damage, which uh, auto hits. So it's a flamer, strength 7, minus 2, 1 damage, assault 2d6. Not awful as a flamer goes, but this, this not is the, CP. This is the relic pistol of the book, Adam. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. I, I was, damn straight, brother. Thank, thank you. Good job. Um, the skull of Angra... Angra... Ant. Angra... Angra Ant. Anger, ang, ang, no, it's anger ant. Oh, you're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah. It's anger ant. Yeah. The angriest ant. Yeah, that's me. In your fair face, uh, select one enemy unit that is visible to the bearer until the start of your next command phase. Each time the bearer makes a melee attack against a selected enemy unit, you can re-roll the wound roll. We have found it. The only way to re-roll wound rolls is for one character as long as you can see yes. them in the command phase. Hell yes. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh joy. Uh, on units that you... Don't want to take. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, did we miss demonic infusions? Uh, they're only for the disciples of the red angel. They're kind of cool. Uh, so, you pick an eight bound unit at the start of the game. They gain a demonic infusion for the rest of the battle. Um, ah. It's not at the start of the game. Sorry. This is when mustering your army. So, this goes on your army list. Uh, you can have them count as two models when controlling an objective, mm-hmm. and only that. You can have them basically have the gory dismemberment strat active all the time. So this is an unmodified wound roll of six, inflicts a mortal wound to a cap of six. And the last one is brazen skin, which is on a is a basically a four up feeling pain against mortal wounds specifically. Okay. Uh, this only applies to one eight bound unit in your army. Yep. Uh, so if it applied to all of them, then we then we take a look at this army every now and again. But mm. alas, it only applies to one. Okay. So essentially, this is you get to creations of bile up. One, yeah, you get to you make know, one unit a little bit more fun, enhance them. So, okay, all right, and and there's, so there's no warlord traits for this. No, because, because Angron, Angron is your warlord. Has to be has to be your warlord. That would explain that. Um, as for the relics, um, I, I hate them. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> flatly terrible. Uh, uh, it's definitely definitely bringing all the corn out in me. My dis- how much I despise. I am I having so read far. them for sure. Yeah. Okay, what's the first of the stratagems? The first of the stratagems is gratuitous bloodletting. Hell Use this, yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Use the stratagem in the fight phase when a world leader's unit from your army is selected to fight. Select an enemy unit with an engagement range that is below half strength. Real specific. Very chaos stratagem. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in that world leader's unit makes an attack, a select against the selected enemy unit, add plus one to that attack's wound roll. So if something's already almost dead, and you hit them with your World Eaters unit in melee, plus one to wound. Is there a single unit you can think of where you need this help? Not at all. No, they're half dead. They're below half dead. They're below half dead, specifically. That's oh, it's inane. It's really not a thing. Uh, okay, It's got a on. cool name, though. It's got a raising name. Blood Scent. This also is a metal album cover. Yeah. Um, 1CP. Use this strategy in your opponent's movement phase. When an enemy unit within engagement range of any 8-bound units from your army falls back. After that enemy unit has finished that move, select one 8-bound unit from your army that was within engagement range of that enemy unit at the start of the phase. The selected unit can immediately consolidate, and when it does so, you can move up to 6 instead of 3. So, like a Harlequin, you can, for 1CP, try and catch them when they try and fall back from you. I now, do quite like that one. This is legitimately amazing. This is incredible. Uh, it's not carry an army of renown by itself amazing, but it is 
real, real good. Yeah, I think that strat is incredible. If that strat was in the other section, was in the actual Oh, man. Rule yeah. Or if you just oh. had access to both sets of stratagems when you played the I army was. of renown. It's, oh, my lord, it's so stupid you don't get both. Anyway, that's ridiculous, because you are giving up plus one damage. You're giving up the other way to get six mortal wounds, the other, like, all that other stuff. Heroic intervention to get yeah. Anyway, there, there yep. better be better. There better be like at least three good ones in this. We'll keep going. <laughs> Next up is Furious Surge. Use the stratagem in your opponent's shooting phase after an enemy has finished making its attacks. Select one eight-bound unit from your army that had one or more models destroyed as a result. The eight-bound unit can make a normal move as if it were your movement phase. So you shoot an eight-bound dead for one CP. They move towards you, or yeah. they just move. Well, what's what left they, moves towards you? Make a normal move. As I mean, they, so it's a it, normal it, move. It could go it a couple places. Doesn't have to move towards you or anything. It could just no. move out of range of the next unit that wants to shoot you, or into cover, or through a forest, or yeah. That's a good strat. It's, I think it's not bad. So the the reason it's a little touch and go is that you have to lose dudes from it. Like in my yeah. experience in the current meta, when someone shoots at you and you lose bodies, you usually lose very many bodies at the same <laughs> yes. time. Yes, uh, and people only start chipping at you when you're when you're mostly dead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, eh, it's it it's a good thing to have. It's not like army defining. I wish this was any time a unit died. I mean, I've got obviously outside the fight phase because. Um, you know, oh if yeah! You, if one got smited dead, you could move out of range of the next smite a lot easier. There's a lot of yeah. Never mind. There's a lot of ways they could do this. The shooting phase yeah. is the most limited. Is exactly right. Oh, the crisis suit unit has just is, is going to shoot at me. Oh boy! I hope I get to use the strategy. Yeah. I'm going to move um, my one guy left on one because I high rolled. Yeah, boy. Um, mind you, if that means that he controls an objective or something, or there is a significant point swing, it might still be worth. It, it. could be great. Like sometimes yeah. it'll be awesome. I'm just saying that the majority of the time, it probably won't be mega relevant. All right, uh, the Diabolic Machines, 2 slash 1 CP. Uh, use your strategy in your command phase. Select one World Eaters Machine Spirit or World Eaters Demonic Engine model from your army. That is a characteristic that changes and suffers damage. Till start next command phase, consider to have four wounds remaining. 2 CP for Titanic, 1 CP everybody else. Yep. Awesome on Lord of Skulls. Absolutely. Which, honestly, it sounds more and more like that's how I want this army to be. It's Lord of Skulls plus Angron and then Misk, whatever else fills it out. But we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's definitely more fun that way. <laughs> apoplectic, apoplectic frenzy. Uh, I never know how to pronounce that word. Apoplectic, apoplectic, apoplectic. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Yep, yep, yep. Use, yep, yep. use the stratagem in your movement phase when a world leader's unit from your army is selected to advance. Do not make an advance roll. Instead, until the end of the phase, add six inches to the movement characteristic of models in that unit. Auto six advance. Woo. Yep, I write that. I think it's good. Yeah, so surely the next stratagem is advance and charge access, right, Adam? Surely, right. Uh, violent dismemberment. Use the stratagem in the fight phase when World Eaters unit from your army destroys an enemy unit to the end of the turn. The unit gains the following ability. Um, aura, violent dismemberment. While an enemy unit within six of this unit, subtract two from the leadership and one from the combat attrition test. Leave my screen, sir. I do not want to see you any longer. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Not good. Terrifying no. assault. One CP. Use the stratagem in your charge phase when you select any enemy units as the target of a charge made by a world leader's unit from your army. Select one of those enemy units. The enemy unit cannot fire overwatch or set to defend. And in the subsequent fight phase, each time a model on that unit makes a melee attack, subtract one from the attack site roll. Pretty good. That's pretty Ignoring good. overwatch is fun sometimes. Yeah, it is. Well, without, with far less flamers in the world, uh, it still will be relevant, but nowhere near as much. Yeah. 
Uh, last one is Bloodthirsty Determination, 1 CP. You discharge them in your charge phase when you select a world unit from your army to charge. To the end of the phase, you can ignore any roll modifiers to the charge rolls are made for that unit. I like that one quite a bit. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I feel like yeah. for the Disciples of the Red Angel stratagem, we should have just led the, read the lore tidbit, because that's who this army's for. <laughs> Uh, agreed. Agreed. I So there is one that I expected to be here because of the restrictions uh, with the Land Raiders. I expected there to be the you can charge after moving a Land Raider thing. You can get oh, out. Oh, God, that would have been awesome. Charge. Yeah, I expected there to be a thing here to give Land Raiders a thing that they could do that made them, uh, you know, takeable. <laughs> but no. They can use the auto-advanced six stratagem. That would be cool. To drive your Armor of Contemptless Land Raider further up the board. Before it dies. Listen, what happens after that is between you and Corn, but the, <laughs> that's how you get up there. That's true. That's true. Um, man, it's, so give us give some, give the people out there a little bit of hope for something they can do with this army of renown. Is there anything there? Uh, I think like I mean like there's like play cycles where having obsec eight bound is really hype, right? Yeah, that's fair. Like that part's really cool. I love eight bound, uh, as you will see when we get to like lists and stuff. Probably in part two question mark. Um, yep. But like this list is really going to struggle to generate blood tithe points is the problem uh, that well, I see it having. Well, it needs to get killed. Well, so I I love the idea of a heavy MSU world eaters army because it's it still punches really well to killing most other armies out there. But oh man, you're going to love die. the love the list yeah. I got for you in part two, Hell Adam. Yeah. It's going to die a lot. It's going to give up a lot of blood tithe. It's going to be a good time. Um, because I figure, because you're not shooting much dead, you need to be dying early in the game so that when you make it to them turn two, turn three, you can slap down some blood tithe and get some enhancements, right? Yes, exactly. So the the idea is to balance the... You need plenty of units so that you can maintain the flow, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of like a... like So like... There's been, you know, like, just to, to pause where we're at in the review for a second, there's a lot of things about this book that are a little disappointing, right? Like, the relics and, uh, the relics and warlord traits aren't very good. Yep. No ability to get more is very frustrating. But, however, once I put this army on the table the first time, I was immediately sold. I was like, this is awesome. It plays yeah. much better than it reads. Um, part of that owes to how great the secondaries are, which we can cover whenever. But it plays awesome i've not had as much fun with this with an army probably since i like first got my grips to emperor's children and before that the next closest that i could probably think of would be thick city i have had a blast piloting this army but it does demand a lot of its pilots understanding of like tempo and game state because if you just throw away your stuff too early you lose instantly and if you're too conservative you also can never win so it's really important that you get that like knife's edge of push versus pull correct well dude perfect segue because i was intending to go over the world it is secondaries now because i didn't cover them in the regular review because i i, I left them for this um, oh, but they are not that? in this they are not in this book are they they are not they are in arcs of omen i think that is where they're all going to reside from now on so that GW can change them all at the same time without invalidating as many pages portions of a codex yeah. yeah yeah like they have been for you know five years uh let's jump through the first couple well let's just do all three um purge the enemy category blood for the blood god up first at the end of the battle round provided no world eater units from your army have fallen back this battle round score two victory points for every enemy monster character or vehicle unit that was destroyed by melee attacks made by world eater models from your army this battle round and score one victory point for each other enemy unit that was destroyed by melee attacks made by world eater models 
from your army this battle round to a maximum of four. So don't fall back while you're killing stuff for two VP and one additional for each. So it, it just feels like if you are stuck in doing what you plan to do, you're going to get four VP. Yeah, this one's quite easy. The only time you ever replace it is against knights. You just take bring it down instead because it exactly cares right. less about when they go down. A spot, a spot on. And less about you falling. You, get, you actually get to fall back should you want to. Yeah, should you um, want to. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, what's next? So up next would be do, 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 the Blood Gods Do. So this secondary is very interesting because it is the only instance or it's like one of the few instances that I can think of in the game where if you are winning by like a big margin, it doesn't score super well because you're keeping your opponent (laughs) off objectives. Uh, But in anything resembling a close game or a game in which you are losing and need points, the secondary is awesome. So the way this works is at the end of each player's turn, score one victory point for each objective marker on the battlefield that was drowned in blood. An objective marker is drowned in blood when one or more units that started that turn within range of that objective marker are destroyed that objective counts as being drowned in blood now so instead instead of flipping objectives you just have to kill units on objectives so if they got five units on the objectives and you kill four of them you get four points no you get one because all the objective is asking ah, is did it's this objective this have someone objective. that started on it die now, correct this can get weird so follow me for a second here adam i don't like it but continue. It generally is very good because it scores in both players' turns. That so if cool. they kill you off objectives, you kill them off objectives, so on and so forth. Yep. Now, where this gets wacky is for a minute in your mind's eye, picture the scouring for me. Got it in your head? Yes. Yes, I do. So let's say they send a unit from their top right objective into the middle, and you fight on death, and you both die. Both that top right objective that you are nowhere near... Oh. And the middle objective are now drowned in blood, as a unit that started the turn there died. That is going to be that is very hard to track. It's not that At bad times. as long as you are used to playing this. But as the opponent playing against world leaders, mm-hmm. this is going to feel real weird to get scored on yeah. against you. This is really well when you say it like that. It's very powerful in the melee trading matchups. This is just like fifteen freaking points. Oh try and, yeah, try and stop me, sir. Like. Really good. Well, and also I, in the matchups where you get lit up by a gun line, as long as they're yeah. killing you to the point that you're not getting an 8 anyway, this is like tw- like 12. Well, exactly right. This is a great way of mitigating uh, objectives in the open. Hey, cool. Hey, I'm here with MS. I've got like four at one model units on this objective. It would yeah. be a shame if I died and gave me the four points I was going to lose for not getting the primary score on this secondary. So yeah. yeah, go ahead and crush my single spawn in the open on this objective, dude. You got do Oh, joy. Oh, no, this is the worst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, last one. In Battlefield Supremacy, this is Pile the Skulls. At the end of each battle round, before purchasing any Blessings of the Blood God, you can discard one, two, or three Blood Tithe points. If you do so, you score two victory P points for each Blood Tithe point discarded to a maximum of five VP per round. So very similar to Leap of Faith, where you discard the Miracle Dice. Is this one you're going to want to do? This secondary is patently insane and makes the book good. Okay. So. So the way Blood Tithe points have worked in games that I've played so far is that, on average, in a battle round, I'm generating about six um, because of how MSU I'm playing the army and how aggressively I'm playing the army. That is a lot more than I thought. I thought three or four would be pretty reasonable. No, you're you're getting after it because you have to, right? Um, So for the first couple, like the first turn one and maybe on turn two, you're putting all those blood tithe points into buffs of various stripes. And I'll cover the way in which I spend blood tithe points either at the end of this or in the start of part two. I'll do part two. Yeah. Um, So what that means is that 
as early as turn two, you could probably burn one to two tithe points on this just to get it started. It is very easy in the late game to be like, yep, three, three, that's 10 victory points. Okay. And yeah, exactly right. And you score two for each. So throwing away two for four is very respectable. You could lose your entire army on top of one and still get 15 on this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, you can only score five per battle round, right? Right, but if everybody dies on top of one, the blood tithe points don't go into the distance. You oh, retain them through the game. That's true. You're just like, uh, and this turn, this turn, this turn, yeah, this yeah, turn, exactly. this turn, this many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Um, yeah, crap. Okay, that's huge. The secondary well, is amazing. The, the more I look at the blood tithe table, and we will break it down later. But I'm thinking you're only you're only purchasing like what two things from it most games. It depends they, on how much gas you need on offense yeah. uh, and what they're do- like. Usually the six up field no pain is very good. But That's, if, I, I, if you go I, yeah. first, you almost don't, you often will not need the plus one to charge because you're, yep. you're, there's a pregame move coming later. Uh, so you'll have that that works for you that'll generate early. And then by that point, the rest, your wave two starts in the middle of the board, basically. Yep. Yep. So you won't need plus one to charge. What then happens okay. is that you can use all of those blood tithe points on you know the one or two offensive buffs you need. From that point, the rest of it is like, how much do I need to overkill my enemy? Not that much. Straight in the pile <laughs> of skulls. Fantastic. Well, in saying that, I think that covers the secondaries for us. What data sheets? Like, uh, we're going to do, what, three data sheets from this? The three that you think are the most pertinent that people need to know. So the build-enabling ones for this army are Lord and Vakatus, and both flavors of 8-bound, uh, and Berserkers. And that's basically what the army is made up of. Okay. So Lord and Vakatus is the new Juggerlord. He's two inches faster than the base one, and he also has Fly. Um, Wait a second. A- Wait, yes. what? He what? has fly. He has the fly. He does. He has the fly cube. He's on a freaking it's, juggernaut. He okay. So what? he he rides. You familiar with the uh, the Thor Marvel movies or Thor in general, yes. Adam? He yes. rides like the blood Bifrost. Uh, okay, <laughs> he's really cool. Sure, um, he's cool. He's cool as hell. But so he is. His weapon ignores invulnerable saves, so it gives him eight attacks at seven three two, ignoring invulns. Uh, and then three yeah. funny juggernaut attacks. So he's really good at killing characters or like scrap units in the end game. But what you're taking him for is his warlord trait. So his warlord trait says at the start of the first battle round, before the first turn begins, you can select up to two other friendly world eaters core units within nine of this warlord. This unit and both selected units make a normal move. Damn. Now, that's quite good on nine inch move possessed or eight bound. But okay. regular eight bound are also core, which leads me to. Leading the charge. While a friendly world eater's core unit is within six of this model, each time that unit is selected to make a normal move, oh, at the end of the phase, sh- add two to the movement characteristics Damn. of the unit. I see the combo. It's not very hard to see the combo here. It's pretty straightforward. How many points is this guy? He is 160. That's not too bad. He's extremely worth it because he's the only character you're going to take. It's, I can see why. He does... Oh. So he, is, he just literally makes you have a first turn something. Yeah. So the it, what it does is often against armies that cannot that are monophase like world eaters, right? Because you're not going to have a shooting phase. You're not going to have a psychic phase. Opponents can like disrespect deploy on the yeah. line against you yeah, and yeah. be like, you literally cannot charge me turn one. Yeah. This and then entirely I'm gonna... changes that dynamic. 
And then I'm going to shoot the crap out of you turn one and then start backing up on turn two and you're all dead in the midboard by turn three. Exactly. Uh, it, hap- it happens so often. The disre- Now, the disrespectful part of this is that there is no T's and C's here saying you have to stay nine inches away from anybody. Or their deployment zone. You can just the deployment straight in. You, you, I mean, there's no, there's no way you're going to move far enough to be in that deployment zone turn like with this scout move. No, but, but you could be right next that, to it in corners. The fact that people can't put crappy nerglings, crew, um, trash trash pile infiltrators in front of you rangers to stop you is nuts that's the bit that's nuts yeah and it's i think honestly without this piece of tech world leaders don't super work great as a like a <laughs> fully competitive entity uh yep. the ability to threaten this if not execute this is extremely important for your opponent not just being like i'll do what i please you're a melee army okay let us look at these eight, eight bound varieties and now you said there's there's you, you like both versions both are very good. Okay, um, let me just quickly unpack. So, uh, do they both move nine? They do both move nine. First, the regular eight bound weapon skill plus skill three plus strength six, toughness five, three wounds, four attacks, and a three plus save. And they will be wailing with uh, a couple of different weapon options. Um, the eviscerator's strength user minus three two, and with one additional attack. Uh, the chain glaive is two attack rolls instead of one at plus one strength, uh, minus three one damage, and then the lacerator's strength plus one minus three three damage. So that they do have they do have all the uh, the favorite food groups covered as for being good rend, many attack or um, or extra attack with good damage. Yep. Um, minus one leadership, five up invuln, and if this unit's in strategic reserves, it can be set up on the first battle round. Rather yep. than enough, so it, it, it can go right from strategic reserves turn one. But naturally, the usual caveats applying. You know, not coming on your opponent's table edge or deployment zone. So it's worth noting that with these guys, there they have uh, all the base models in the unit have two eight bound eviscerators, so they get two extra attacks from their weapons. Oh snap! Yep. So they go to six attack space on the charge. They have seven. Okay. Um, how many points are these guys setting you back? These guys are forty points per. Okay, I don't hate that for toughness they're very, five. They're very yeah. expensive, but they're really good no, they're I, a I great example of a unit that costs what it should because what it does exactly, is a lot exactly right i think that's pretty fair for what is it um b- 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 how many wounds were they uh three. three three wounds toughness five 40 points is about right yeah they're 12 points more than a possessed but they hit significantly harder yeah all right tell us about the exalteds the exalted eight pounder awesome so they, they're locked to units of three they're 135 points for unit of three they don't have core so you can't support them in the same way but I like them almost because of that, because they don't demand support. They kind of just do their thing on their own. Their base weapon skill, too. They all have an 8-bound Eviscerator, so you have the extra attack. But they also have an 8-bound Chain Fist, which yep. on the charge gives them 5 attacks at strength 10, neg 4, 2 damage. Um, and then nice. they have an improved invulnerable saves and the natural ability to deep strike as compared to the 8-bound. Additionally, they have an aura called Blood Fury. That is, while a unit was in six of this unit, each time that unit goes to fall back or perform an action on a 4-up, they cannot. So Oof. this does not work on vehicles, but this is potentially huge for disrupting it's your huge. opponent's action economy. Their A, their, I mean, obviously their ability to fall back. And they hit extremely hard. If a unit is equipped with two 8-bound chain fists, which is what the champion can be, uh, that becomes damage three. So they're Ooh. yeah. The the sergeant is six attacks at ten four three. Remember, yeah, wow. both of these data sheets have a plus one damage strategy. That's exactly what I was about to say. The, oh, damage four. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's big. brutal. Brutal. Uh, I can see why you like them. And how many points did the exalted run you? So that's one hundred thirty five for three of them. So they're functionally like forty five points per model. It's fine for five more points to a better weapon skill, better melee. Totally Super worth it. 
Big Super fan. Good. Yeah, big fan, me too. I can see why you like them. So, so wait a second. If these are both really good, why is the uh, why is the Army of Renown so bad? Because the Army of Renown means you have to take Angron and don't get to scout taking, move. And then you don't get your scout move. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very just sad. So it's, just so it's truly clear for people at home. That's, that's yep. why we dislike it. Oh, you also that's don't get to take Berserkers, which are potentially one of the best troop choices in the game. Well, last last one we're going to unpack is the Berserkers. Tell us the story. So the thing with Berserkers is that they are 22 points each, but for 5 points you get an upgrade in the unit called a Cornate Eviscerator. This makes... So Berserkers are strength 5 base. They go to strength 6 on the charge. Mm-hmm. This gives them strength plus 3, neg 4, damage 2 as a weapon, which is nuts! <laughs> Real, um, real good. Um, yeah. can you t- is it like one per five? Or can you yeah, take two? so it's it's one per five, um, which yep. is why the you're further rewarded for MSUing with them. Yep. Um, additionally, Berserkers have an awesome rule called Blood Surge, which is each time an enemy unit is selected to shoot, if any of the attacks target this unit, after the attacks have been resolved, you can activate a Blood Surge. As long as any models in your unit were destroyed. So if any of the Berserkers die, you get the yep. Blood Surge. If you do so, any actions you're performing fail, unless you have an icon in the unit, in which case they're automatically completed. Each model in this unit moves D6 inches, but you have to finish as close as possible to the closest enemy unit. So it is battle-focused with some terms and conditions. But this unit cannot end this move within engagement range of any enemy units. Good. Other than the closest enemy unit. Oh, so they can. They can pile in to just dive into combat mm-hmm. if you get too close to them. If you kill them, if you shoot them and don't kill them, boy, oh boy, you better not miss. Just be out, just going to be 7.1 inches away. Yep. Everybody, 7.1 inches away, and then they can't get to you. But that is a crazy Well, they, can, they can't get to you with the first one. Oh, because they can do it more than once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, chip damage is not rewarded in this book. No. Do not do not chip. Don't do it. And um, remember, and this can't... unit's going to have a cheeky feel no pain. They might touch yeah. cover. It can get weird. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's exactly right. You use that to touch cover or get more units into cover, get more units out of cover or whatever. behind the wall or move this yeah, way. It's you know the shenanigans are afoot. I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. I like berserkers a lot, and they run you twenty two points. Yep, and their base profile is is five attacks at six, two, one. Like, it's great. They're a bargain. They're they're phenomenal. I think they're really good. Um, That is going to bring us to the end of the review, brother. We did manage to stretch what was a very short review out to a couple of pages. uh, Sorry, a couple of of minutes. Thank you very much for joining us. We're going to do our usual uh, rating system. So we we rate books upon two metrics on this show. Uh, We do. It's been a while since we've had to rate something. The first one out of ten. How happy are you with this book? At nine, I'm thrilled. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. How happy do you think the player base will be with this book? Uh, like a four. Fair. Tell I us th- why, why is that? So I think a lot of people are going to want to run Angron, right? And I think that mm. being suboptimal will make people upset. Um, yep. I mean, also the- broadly, like in the aggregate, expect this book to struggle competitively because there's a lot of ways around a one-phase mono-melee army. Correct. Um, yep. If you're, so gonna I do one, if you're going to do one phase, the only way ninth edition to be successful is to be a shooting phase army. Every other army, not so much. Yeah, and you can make this work as long as you have terrain adequate for it. But uh, you know, as the data shows us over on Stat Check, a lot of tournaments are played in suboptimal terrain conditions, and that makes this army really difficult to want to play. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
I think this is oh man I think I think this is like a what oh I almost gave it a five I think I'm gonna give it a six possibly a seven it's losing it's losing so many points because nothing is in a multiple of eight nothing is divisible yep, by eight that's fair everything is infuriating like they couldn't even give us that much of a fluff you know pat on the back um, <laughs> or, you know, pat on the head um, so not fair enough. I still think this is a pass. I actually think, and I like this new direction by GW. If this is what we're getting in the new new codexes, a way more leaner, more tuned, very it, like there is no way you don't know how to play this book. You know, there's no way you're looking at this and like I think I should take three Forge Fiends. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You, you know. Stop you, that. Yeah, don't exactly, do that. Exactly. Exactly. You don't look at this book and there's no confusion about how it should play, what the flavor is, what the direction is. I like that a lot. I like that it's it's very tuned and very pointed. And I think that's why I'm going to give it a good score. So, in our tier list, then, if you were to say it's you know D tier to S tier, where would you think it's going to fall? I think it's firmly an A. Um, when piloted by a high level combat wizard. I think if you're not one of those people, it like slips straight into C. Um, yeah, I think it skips B all entirely. I was gonna, I was gonna play as, I was gonna say C plus. Yeah, personally. Yeah, I, I feel like it's gonna struggle a lot, especially armor contempt going away. So you don't even have that little buffer it could have had last month. Yeah, um, you broadly expect to die with this book, and I think oh, that's gonna trip people up. And how? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, are you gonna die? Um, I do also worry about things like uh, armies with multiples of fights lasts and fights first. Like, how does this? How does this even contend with like Empress Children? Uh, it- you rip them up pretty good in melee. It's it's broadly yeah. okay. I think that Empress Children specifically might be a little touch and go because EC shoot and then they fight. Exactly. And they yeah. But their scoring isn't quite as good as the Eaters. It's an interesting That's matchup. True. It's weird for me because it's like both on the Art of Warhouse and. Like uh, across the Art of War team for the most part, and in even in Team USA, like I'm the person that plays both those armies, so playing yep. them into each other isn't really a thing that I think about a ton. That's um, fair. I think EC has been nerfed enough between the removal of Armor Contempt and a couple other things that they won't broadly be super popular in the aggregate. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. That's, um, that's that's totally a fair statement. But yeah, the other so I what I worry about is armies that are that are good at merely and another phase like and yeah. shooting and psychic although psychic not as much i think you got good workarounds yeah. there but like i mean is iron hands a problem they just like grab bomb annihilate half your army and then when you get there they've all got lightning claw storm shields and they actually fight good i i don't think that base marines will be too much of an issue because as long as you have like a berserker with an eviscerator left you're like all right you're just, dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah that's fair um the thing so world eaters seem to be designed around the fact that not all of you are going to make it there. Yep. As long but as you, you can connect with, like, a couple of unit champions, you'll kill mm-hmm. most things. This is how I used to feel about Kraken, I mean, 8th edition um, Kraken Nids, or Nids in general, with, the, with like, the Gene Stealers. Right. Like, you could kill, you had, you had 20 Gene Stealers pre-gaming coming at me turn one, and I could kill, like, seven of each squad, but three Gene Stealers still kill everything that we're going to kill anyway. That's right. how this feels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. On that note, we will wrap this one up. Please come and join us over on Patreon of Art of War Down Under to get the second part where we're going to be answering just a huge amount of questions by our wonderful listeners and subscribers. If you want to be part of that, you want to get exclusive discords and all those other member benefits, I'm doing exclusive 20-minute little vlog blogs of my travels and experiences in the States. Also, you know, I'm going to be thanking and talking about my run of uh, number one Dark Angel. Be wrapping that up, my games at Uprising and uh, my experiences at LVO over the next couple of eps. So please come over and join us there if you're at all interested. Otherwise, where can they catch you, Anthony? Uh, you can catch me every Tuesday with the Stat Check crew over on YouTube. 
Uh, that'll be youtube.com slash C slash statcheck 40k. Um, the other ways you can catch me is on any of the Art of War stuff. Um, I do coaching through the Art of War. And yeah, or just generally in the northeast of the United States being a terror at local GTs and stuff. <laughs> Beautiful. Mate, can't wait to see and hear about your endeavors. Come over and join us on part two and we'll see you there. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.